Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. When I was a kid slash teenager, I really did not understand uh, biology. It's it's just one of those topics where I always, I don't know, we didn't have A to to F grades uh, like most of you in America or England do, but um, we had uh, six to one. So six is the best grade and one is the worst. So I always had like between 3.25 and 4.25 with uh, my biology and I really didn't get it. Um, the only, the only exam I was good at, and that was kind of embarrassing, was the sex education, because obviously I was reading like these youth magazines, and, and me and my friends are paying very close attention to that, um, to that particular part of the magazine, so it was kind of weird, it's like, um, three, seven, five, four, 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 five which is the second like one of the right like pretty good grade it's not an a but it's like a b right so (laughs) so once i got a bit older and i studied psychology um we had the psychology of the brain and i thought well if you don't have any background in biology it might make sense to take a human biology class so i did and i i have to tell you this really kind of brought home this lesson to me of what how we can deepen our gratitude through knowing about things right so so before that it would have been easy for me and even now I sometimes forget and I say like oh I have health problems or something like that when in truth maybe one or two processes of the thousands of things going on simultaneously in your body are not functioning properly and I mean once you learn um, the way that you know how your lungs work and how your how your kidneys work and all of this and, and like the, the the perfection of all of that it's it's very hard not to feel grateful even if you're in a little bit of pain now I, I understand that if you're you know in chronic pain and a lot of the time I understand that this might be a little bit harder to apply but for those of you who are not um I would really encourage you to, even if it's just like one Wikipedia article or so, just dive in, like check out what red blood cells do or, or, or your immune, oh no, even better, check out the immune cells because they that basically that stuff that reads like an action movie. Um, go check that out. Take 10 or 15 minutes out of your day, check that out and then kind of extrapolate from that what else is going on in your body and how little of that we actually know because it just works so perfectly so knowledge can deepen and make our gratitude more meaningful that's what i wanted to share with you right now cheers bye-bye hey this is Kristen from the positive psychology podcast Today I'd like to talk to you about engagement. Very often we hear that we are supposed to, um, you know, do what we love. And I don't disagree with that. I think we probably have more power when it comes to making choices than we sometimes realize. Yes, there are some things we have no choices by, but we do have more choice than we realize we do. However, the concept of engagement is interesting because with engagement, um, it clearly states that it doesn't really matter what we're doing, but how we're doing it, what attitude um, and what focus we bring to the activity. So engagement basically means, uh, you could translate it to the depth of absorption or something like that, um, where 
when you're doing a task, that can be all kinds of things. It can be uh, working. <laughs> working is actually a huge source of engagement for people. Um, when you can imagine you are working on something that is challenging, and and yeah, it helps if it's interesting to you, but it's challenging. But the challenge is not too big, but not too small. All right, so you are perfectly suited for the task. You can solve it, but you have to try hard. Um, that's when a lot of people feel the most engaged. It results in what is called flow. Um, now, being while you're in that state, you don't necessarily feel happy or proud or any of these emotions. Usually when we're in the middle of flow, we don't feel anything. But it has been found that people who experience flow more often do are are happier all right so i would like you to think about how you can kind of balance your your skills and abilities with a challenge because if something is boring it means that the challenge is not big enough and if something is just anxiety inducing it means that the challenge is probably too big right so you want to look for that middle ground um, where flow can happen the so-called flow channel all right um, it helps to not really be distracted. It helps to make sure that you block out distractions from the beginning. So that could mean that you switch off your phone or that you close the door or that you put up a sign or something so that people only interrupt you if there's some kind of emergency. Um, that is really helpful. But everything I just said, you can also apply that to gardening or playing a game. So today I'd like you to think about how can you engage with something fully to lead a happier life. Cheers, bye-bye. Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. When you look at your smartphone, there is a feature where you can check out how much battery you used for, for whatever application and it will tell you exactly how you use your phone. So... In terms of psychology and our mental health, um, we kind of have the same thing. It's just called bandwidth, right? That's mental. You can think of it as mental energy, all right? So a simple way um, to free up some space in your mind is to go through and really think about and possibly even write down the things that tax your mental energy. Now, of course, um, un unlike the smartphone, we can't just download that with one tap, which is a bit unfortunate. But this idea that this that your mental energy is precious and should be consciously conserved is something that is pretty important. Why? Because a lot of our reactions are based um, on, on how much bandwidth we have, how much leftover attention we have. Uh, now, of course, other things are important too, like do we feel hungry or sleep deprived? But then um, right there with that is mental energy. So we are not, um, for example, kind to people, and it's almost impossible to be when we have um, almost no energy left, be it mental energy or physical energy. So we could berate ourselves and be angry at ourselves for that, or we can just understand that it's actually much easier to take close care of the mental energy and, of course, the physical energy as well. So I'd like to encourage you to think about that, even if you just take five minutes to kind of look at um, what mental energy, what 
stuff you spend your mental energy on. And if you have no clue, I would encourage you to just go through the day and maybe take some random notes on your phone while you're waiting for stuff, like while you're waiting for people to pick up the phone or while you're waiting in line or something. All right, cheers, bye-bye. Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. There is an interesting defense mechanism that I definitely do. Um, I've seen a lot of other people do, and I wonder if you do it Here's what I mean. Um, When we talk about things which challenge what we already do, right? So let's say you are a workaholic, and then somebody says, well, actually, if you set boundaries, people respect you more, you should go home on time, and stuff like that, then their mind, the mind of the person who does not agree, often goes straight in the other direction. So instead of thinking like, oh wow, yeah, a little bit of that would be good, what we do is we go to the extreme. So we're like, well, but in my job, people do not approve of lazy people who never do favors after 5 p.m., right? But that's an extreme, right? The suggestion, remember, was just to kind of pay more attention to boundaries. And these are the kind of things that we do ourselves. Now, people love to figure out these things and then they can point out uh, these effects to other people. Um, But actually, the most change we can get in society is if we take these tools and look at ourselves. Um, Once we understand when and in what circumstances we are doing this, um, we can train ourselves to be a little bit more open and just say like, all right, I don't have to apply the maximum, most extreme and destructive dose of whatever was suggested. I could half that or even take a quarter of it and see what happens in my life. All right, cheers, bye-bye. Hey, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. People always want to know what is like the one thing that they can do to make themselves happier. And I think this quest makes sense if you are easily overwhelmed. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that in a way that you're in a difficult place. And if you're in a difficult place, considering, you know, that you should do several things to to help you. Uh, be happier and lead a more meaningful life can be overwhelming, right? So if you're depressed or or you have um, a lot of chronic pain and you can barely get yourself to do anything at all, then looking for the one thing uh, can can be helpful because it's better than doing zero things, right? However, for everybody else, so if you're in, in, in like just slightly negative or neutral or even positive territory, Um, I would argue that you're missing out if you're looking for the one thing. And the reason is uh, cross-pollination, right? So what do I mean by that? Um, Everything we do does not only have the expected and researched benefits that we talk about, right? So when we do things, we will see that they have unexpected benefits as well, right? So for example, when I um, learned a little bit about the piano, it never occurred to me and I never thought that um, when I took guitar lessons later on that that would help me. Of course it makes logical sense, but I never spent time thinking about it, right? So my goal was not to improve my guitar playing while I was playing, playing the piano. However, because I had that bass, um, the picking parts came more easily to me than to pretty much everybody else who was sitting in that room. Um, so that's the thing with cross-pollination. If you're always kind of trying to reduce the things you do, 
you rob yourself of those cross-pollination effects. Um, these good things beget good things. It's a little bit like um, writers say writing begets writing. As you write, you have more ideas. And the same is true with um, positive psychology intervention. As you practice one thing, you will notice suddenly like, oh, wait a minute, it probably improves other things that you're doing and often in unexpected ways. Now again, it's dangerous if we just have this expectation um, that it should do anything specific, but if we're just open and curious and look forward to whatever um, collateral benefits we get, then we have the right attitude. All right, cheers, bye-bye.